Welcome to the Lows to Highs podcast. I am your host, Karin, and on this show, you will learn how to live a present life, find gratitude in all of the low moments, and experience freedom and bliss as you propel into your higher self. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Lows to Highs. Today is going to be an informative one. It's going to be juicy. I had the pleasure to speak with Hannah Minardi and Austin Weiberg, who are the co-founders of Standard Self Care, which is a cosmeceutical skincare line designed to help you streamline and upgrade your daily ritual with clean, bioactive products that actually work. I'm sure we can all agree that there is no shortage of clean beauty brands infiltrating the Sephora shelves your explore page, the conversations with your friends. But if your products don't create lasting results in your skin, then you're going to just go back to your tried and true routine, the stuff that previously worked. That's why Hannah and Austin created Standard Self-Care, a concentrated line of three cosmeceutical products that outperform your conventional lineup. Bioactive, non-toxic, vegan, paraben-free, cruelty-free, silicone-free, fragrance-free, all the good stuff, none of the bad stuff, which is why they designed everything with the highest standards to optimize your self-care practice and upgrade your quality of life. Because when you have good skin, you feel good. And when you feel good, you do good. And so in today's episode, like I mentioned before, it's going to be very informative. Whether you are an aspiring entrepreneur you are an entrepreneur, or you're someone who is just curious about what it's like to build a brand from the ground up, or even if you might have already built a brand and you're struggling to make it successful, or you feel like you're not where you want to be, regardless of where you are on that entrepreneurial path, even if you're not on the path, I feel like you guys are going to feel really inspired by this episode. And so what we talk about is how to build a brand from the ground up, what qualities to look for in building your team, why maintaining a relationship with people from your past can actually help you in the long run, nurture versus nature on the hustle mentality, why trying new things as soon as possible is what will result in long-term success. Finding a manufacturer and having patience when obstacles arise. This was probably my favorite part of the episode. Quitting versus pivoting. Why you don't need a lot of money to start a business. I honestly was stumped at this when Austin mentioned it. And it was kind of cool for me to kind of shift my own perspective. So I feel like that part will really resonate for with some of you. And then of course, all things cosmeceuticals and uh, what a higher standard for clean skincare really means. We also have a really awesome promo code for you guys, which is in the description box where you can get 40% off your purchase. You guys should definitely go snag something because that is, I'm not gonna lie, a really good discount code. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's start with you guys, and I would love for you both to introduce yourselves in whatever way feels in alignment today. Yeah. You want to go first? Sure. Um, well, yeah, we're very excited to be here also, so thanks for having us. I am, I'm Hannah, and we're both co-founders of Standard Self-Care, which is a skincare line. Um, it's clean science-backed skincare and we're very excited to have launched it within this last year so we're still very new um yeah we've had a really fun time building that we also um i work on other brands and get to build a lot of amazing wellness companies um that probably some of your listeners know and love like Hyo and water drop and i am obsessed with the better for you product space so excited to kind of chat about one of our First, that we've gotten to start from scratch, which is standard. Yeah, and I'm Austin Weiberg. I am another co-founder of Standard Self Care, and I as well work on a multitude of different projects. I would say, um, but again, Standard is our baby, and we want to show that up as much as possible. Amazing. So, Hannah, you mentioned that you're really passionate about the Better for You 
world of skincare and products and of all sorts. I would love to know what brought you to that, I guess, realization or that passion. Was it out of necessity or was it out of curiosity? What led you into this world? Yeah, so if you ask anyone that I grew up with, I've kind of always been obsessed with figuring out different wellness hacks or or trying every single trend that ever happened in wellness the last 20 plus years. Um, But I had two parents who both had different autoimmune. um, Yeah, they were both different autoimmune conditions, but both happened similar years. And so when I was really young, I just was into researching and figuring out like what could one prevent this, what could keep like any autoimmune conditions at bay. And so that initially kicked off all my researching and just diving really deep into the wellness world. I also have a family that's very into also all things wellness and taking care of your body and working out really hard and everyone's very athletic. So we were all kind of obsessed with it. And then myself, I also went through um, a flare with autoimmune a few years back. And so that also is another kind of what deepened my obsession, you could probably say, with the wellness world and just better food products and how everything that we consume and or put on our body really does affect our whole body, not just our things that we are consuming on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of us who enter this world, whether it's the mindfulness world, the wellness world, do so because of a need that they have and they want to bring a solution that can, you know, benefit themselves and the way they live, but also for others. So in your case, I know in the beginning, you mentioned that you've been dabbling in all these different, and for both of you, dabbling in all these different brands and and building other brands. What was the moment where you both were like, wait a minute, we have an idea and we think it could benefit the lives of others. Let's go bring this to life versus just focusing on building other brands. Yeah, it was actually interesting because our brand started off um, with two men, which I don't think most um, skincare companies start yeah. off with, that's for sure. Uh, but at the time, like I was used to more selling um, one better for you products more in stores and kind of doing the field marketing behind that. Um, which just led me into the realm of like being healthy, not even by choice, by like way of free product, we'll call it, because it's like <laughs> when you're doing field marketing, you're out there just to introduce new products to people with uh, it, whether that's in like Whole Foods, Sprouts, all those good stores. I actually led a team um, for Suja Juice originally is where kind oh. of entrepreneurship formed, I would say. And during that period of time, I just saw like the need for them, right? It was kind of blowing up the need for wellness and the consumer seemed to be like a lot smarter, I would say about the labels and the packaging and everything in between there. Um, But at the time I was actually selling a lot of clothing um, online and in the e-commerce space. And I kind of formed the two ideas just based off of, hey, like I have a limited amount of team members, right? That can only be running around a certain amount of places at the same time. How can I benefit more on like digital marketing side where I can reach millions of thousands of millions of consumers, whatever it is, um, in like kind of the stroke of a couple keys, right? On your keyboard. Um, tried to formulate something around that, never really came to a conclusion. And then our third co-founder uh, actually brought up an idea for just like the general idea of skincare. And I was like, hey, you know, that's really, it's really interesting. I, I think I have someone that would be interested in also helping us with this. Uh, definitely helps that she's also not a male, right? <laughs> may, may give us a different perspective on things here. Um, so, and I already knew like Hannah and I had been kind of involved in the same group, focusing on some of those newer brands um, within the Better For You product space. We also had work together yeah. prior to Standard as well. Yeah, on like some small projects, things like that. And I was like, I think I know the perfect person for this. And then I just like gave Hannah... I wouldn't say it was a blank slate. Like we had some ideas for products, but she really uh, kind of made every, all the dots connect um, for lack of a better term there. Uh, it was just easy. Honestly, it was an easy decision. She's very good at branding. She's very good at just knowing the ingredients. Whereas I just want to sell things, right? At the end of the day, I'm like get this product to as many people and get the feedback out there as soon as possible. Um, so I think we all work very well as a team. Um, so credit to Adarsh on that one. He definitely brought up the main idea and then we just kind of had to bring in the other right people. I think that's exactly what we did. Yeah. I really want to probe on that because I know yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs who 
are on a solo journey and they have this really powerful idea and they know their own strengths or they might not know their full strengths and they struggle to find someone who could either be a co-founder or someone to help them get the ground running. How did you know that Hannah was the right partner to bring in? And I guess like what was, what were you looking for when you were building this team? Yeah. I mean, I think I already said one time that we were definitely looking for a woman. We needed the touch of, of um, kind of femininity there for sure, especially just focusing. You look at skincare. Not a lot of men these days use skincare, although we aim to kind of change that for sure. And then just in-depth ingredient research, like Hannah is an absolute encyclopedia when it comes to like what ingredients are good for you, bad for you, and anything in between, right? So I think that was what mostly helped because at the time, as much as I knew that like, doing better for yourself meant like eating organically and like the easy labels that you can kind of find out there right we're helping you over the long term it's almost sometimes the lack of the labels and the lack of ingredients and the lack of transparency that often kind of doesn't allow you to have education to go out and get the products that you know are healthy right and that's exactly like the formula and basis for our our actual list of notes for standard we wanted ultimate transparency through and through on the brand side Um, so those are the main two things i would say Um, And then I would say the third thing is that every brand that I knew of that Hannah had kind of built from the ground up um, from just a brand wellness perspective looked amazing. Just um, I am not good at the design process. I will (laughs) fully admit that. Like you said, you got to know what you're not good at, right? I'm not good at the design process. Somewhat impatient there. I'll put it that way. But at the end of the day, like I can always spot a very simple and easy on the eyes product too. And everything that she had created previously really was easy on the eyes and very informative and again very transparent with the ingredients um she'll probably tell you a little bit more about this but at the time that i was working at suja who i actually got connected um through one of my like mentors at the time she was working on another startup that was somewhat similar um kind of spawned from that project right um everything was looking perfect um so i was just kind of i was very impressed by what she had done and again we'd already kind of worked on some projects together uh, both at school and outside of school. So it was a pretty easy decision there. Um, but I would say stroke of luck, but also just noticing um, noticing what's good and what looks good. Yeah, well, it seems like she caught your eye and rightfully so. Yeah. Where did you guys meet? Was it at university? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We both ended up going to uh, Loyola Marymount University in uh, what Santa Monica area. I would say most people are more familiar with that rather than Marina Del Rey, but technically it's overlooking the Marina, overlooking all of LA from every direction. Beautiful campus. Um, and I think that was just like, again, ease of use. That a great entrepreneurial program. That's what I was kind of involved in for the most part. Um, and then I don't know, what program were you in again? I don't even remember. I made my own. So it was design entrepreneurship. It was half in the art school, half in the business school. Um, but I actually ended up not finishing. So I'm still on my leave of absence from school. And one of us had to get third degree. So Austin <laughs> did it. But um, yeah, I had a great time at LMU. I just, I was a part of a really fast growing startup at the time. And the choice either became to stay and be a part of the leadership team or to stay in school. And I uh, I just thought about it and knew that you go to school for an opportunity like that. And I already had it in front of me. So kind of that's amazing. Cause I, I know a lot of people struggle with making that decision when they are in school, because obviously getting a bachelor's degree or any form of education is super helpful. But even I, I went to school in Manhattan at Fordham university and kind of similar to you, Hannah, I kind of made my own major. It was like design. It was like, The title of it was New Media and Digital Design, but I took classes in the business school, entrepreneurship, visual arts, um, English, like it was a whole jumble of things. And I remember one semester I was taking an e-commerce class while I also had an e-commerce internship at Tommy Hilfiger, which at the time I was really passionate about fashion. So it was like the most exciting internship. And I remember I would go to my internship during the day and learn all these things and, you know, do the work because I'm interning. And then I would come back to my class and learn about what I was already doing the work in. So I'm like, this feels very backwards. That's how I felt in like the last year of entrepreneurship school, especially when I was working towards that. It's like, 
you can work on something and kind of formulate your ideas process. A lot of what they teach you is like how to pitch your company to go out and raise funding. But I kind of realized at the end of like my school, like I didn't know if I even wanted to raise money, especially because mm -hmm. I knew I'd like work harder if it was built from like my own, I would say. Um, but that's actually really interesting. I never even heard of an e-commerce class. I'm so glad <laughs> they're doing that because it's super necessary. Yeah. Like that's one thing they never taught me. I wish I, I wish I had because all of my experience in e-commerce has honestly either been through other people within the workplace. And that's how I learned the fastest doing it, right? And messing mm -hmm. it up and then figuring out how to get it back to where it should be. Yeah. Um, but that's very interesting. I didn't even know they had that. That's great. Yeah. I think my experience also was kind of the opposite of yours, where I was sitting in class thinking, wow, I'm learning way more in my actual work than yeah. in class. So that's also what sped up my process of deciding to take my leave. Austin, you keep mentioning that you have these individuals, whether they're mentors or people you've worked with in the past who've yeah. kind of helped you guys pave the way for standard. Mm -hmm. What is the process that you've, I guess, been on? Maybe it's not a process, but yeah. I think it's really important to keep connections from the past, even if someone might not be resource resourceful at the time, or you might not know how could they could ever help you in the future. Have you been mindful of keeping these like good relationships with people or making sure that you still have connections with people from your past so that somewhere down the line, if you do have a question, you kind of know who to go to? 100%. Um, that's not normally the method to my mind, as I would say. Mine is like, screw it up and figure it out on your own. <laughs> but no, I, I totally do agree with you when you say like keeping those connections is crucial, right? Um, Hand is actually amazing at that. I would say that's sometimes where I get a little lost. I'm like too busy working to like try and be social with a lot of people. Um, but it's still crucial to maintain those relationships, right? Like I still know what they're doing. I know of them. Definitely have to follow them at the very minimum, follow them on social media. Because that's actually mm -hmm. how I found out about my first job, right? Like mm -hmm. I didn't even know the person. I had like come into contact back in high school with them, right? Uh, but at the same time, I didn't really know what they were doing. And then I saw an Instagram post. And I was like, that company, for some reason, it caught my eye. And I knew that that company was growing very quickly because then you could start to see it around you without seeing it on social media, right? That's a good factor of saying like, oh, the business is not only just looking good on social media, but it's actually performing. It's in, it's in Whole Foods. It's in these stores that you would expect to see a good brand in, right? Um, and then from there, I just reached out on Instagram because I knew that she was posting a lot of that content. And I was like, hey. Is there any, I'm almost in my last year, like, obviously I'm looking for jobs, like anything that I can take part in. Um, and you're going to have to start at the lowest level when that comes. Like I didn't, don't really like to say that things are like expected, right? Especially through some of those. Um, but if you don't know someone or even like want to develop those relationships, then you're never even going to get the chance at the opportunity that you should have. Totally. It seems like both of you guys have this like, hustle mentality and, and energy when it comes to work. Was that always with you guys since you were young? Um, like Hannah, you were working at this big startup when you were in college and you ended up not pursuing the, the college degree. And then Austin, you were dabbling in all these different startups um, as you were moving up in your career. So is that something that was part of you guys or did you guys adopt that after a certain stage in life or were you hungry at you know when you were in your early 20s i'm curious like where that started yeah you want to go first go sure sure <laughs> yeah definitely wasn't something that just started in my 20s and in college i had a really unconventional childhood and i actually homeschooled until high school um so even before high school i actually started a very boutique agency with a few friends of mine where we did all post-production for photographers and creatives and kind of helped them hone in on their style and worked with a lot of amazing creatives from all over the world and it was a really amazing experience for myself that I had very early so it was like every probably 11 to 13 when we had that agency and then I did it all through high school as well so wow um, 11 years old yeah Oh my gosh, that's, that's amazing. amazing. What you did for it, tell me about so, the t-shirt. <laughs> so, uh, that was a whole different thing. But when I was um, homeschooled, my sister and I just liked to hack every system. And so we realized we could get all of our schoolwork done on Sunday and then have the whole week to do anything that we wanted. So that's basically what I did every week. So I'd get all my work done on Sunday and then I'd 
work or do whatever I wanted during the week. And so, yeah, I kind of prioritized working and prioritized kind of working on my craft. And at the time, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I had older mentors who were part of like a creative collective in my hometown, which was a very creative hometown, a lot of very inspiring people there. And so I would just go into the office every day, kind of like peek over people's shoulders, figure out what they were doing. And then slowly they started offloading things to me. And then we started a different little agency so that I could work from wherever. So I did that um, all throughout high school. And then when I wanted to come to university, I knew I wanted to do something probably in the creative realm. I also wanted to start a company at some point, but I didn't know exactly where that was going to land. I also knew I loved wellness. So it just sort of developed and then ended up being at that really fast growing startup right when I hit school. So it snowballed quicker than I even thought it would, but yeah, it was kind of always something in me. I love that. Austin, how about yourself? I would say it all started with my parents, honestly. They're very like blue collar workers, the type that just do everything that needs to get done. They don't like call people to fix their own stuff, right? They fix it themselves, very handy, the handy type, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas I feel like in today's society, there's always like, it's one Google Google away. Um, it's Or chat GPT these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even there, yeah. No one even writes their own copy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think overall it wasn't instilled in me, but I do think that you have to kind of keep stoking that flame, right? And my main thing, like I've lost it a couple of times, right? I will fully admit that, but I think that's when you lose interest in the project, not really in, in just being progressive on entrepreneurship itself. You might've just realized that it's not for you, right? Um, that's happened multiple times in my life, probably at a younger age, but that's kind of why I always encourage people to go out and try new things as soon as possible, right? Um, mm -hmm. you're, not everything you do is going to be a success. I think that's often what's very misleading in today's world. You see all these people and you see the success out there, but no one ever really knows what they did to get there, um, which is normally walk through hell, right? <laughs> as we as we see it. Um, it's, it's very interesting. I think some people are born with it. Some people find it, but everybody definitely has it in them to some extent. It just takes something, whether it's a life event, or something that you're just passionate about to be a little bit successful. Um, mm -hmm. you just kind of continuously look for more and more success. I love that because something similar to you, Hannah, like maybe not when I was 11 years old, but throughout my high school years and college years, I dabbled in so many different things like a fashion blog and then a t-shirt brand. I almost launched like a better for you uh, snack brand at the end of my college career and I feel like at the time, every time something would end, I would, I was so young, well, not so young, but I didn't have the awareness or the mindset that I do now. So mm -hmm. at the time when I would quote quit something, I thought I was failing at it or I didn't succeed in what I originally set out to do. And now I can look back and say, no, like that was exactly it unfolded exactly how it was supposed to. And so many of the things that I do now today with my own brand actually derived from things I had learned with my first fashion blog or the t-shirt brand, or even the, the branding that I did for that snack brand that never even was brought to life. So it seems like for both of you, the path that you are currently on really stemmed and the, the fact that it's a success um, stemmed from all of the different things that you guys tried when you were younger and all the different things that you dabbled in. And I think it's such an important message for people to understand that even if something might not have blown up or succeeded, the lessons that you take from that experience can be the success that then leads to you actually finding what your purpose really is. I also would say too, on your point of just trying a bunch of things, I, when I came to LA first, when I, if there was someone that was like, oh, wow, I'm really interested in what they're doing. And, um, I just would want to learn from them. There's a lot of people that I offered to just work for free, or yeah. I did free internships too, when I first got to LA as well. So I would just encourage anyone to, to, if they have extra time and they're they want to not be doing what they're currently doing or they want to try something new even offering to someone to work for them for free or just intern for them i think is always a good way to start 100%. i love that so i want to talk about the birth of standard 
not just, you know, you guys discussed like how it came to be and where the idea stemmed from, but I'm so curious about the process of having this idea and then actually manifesting it into the physical world. So I would love to know, like, what was the manufacturing process, the design process, and then launching it? Like, give us the the whole rundown of how it came to be. Yeah. So we have three products that we launched with, and we're, we were very proud to launch with three. I think there's some amazing brands that have started by only launching with one. So we were pretty proud that we can, from the start, launch with three and three that we're very proud to have out in the world and we know can make a really amazing difference in people's skin. Um, but we initially had, there was three initial formulas for the products that were decent and we were actually almost ready to launch during COVID, right before yeah. COVID started. And so the goal was to launch that spring, so spring of 2020. And we were working through all the branding and yeah, those formulas were pretty locked in and then COVID hit. So we actually had a, an amazing opportunity to reformulate our products and actually make them better. We knew we were going to call the brand standard self-care. So we wanted it to be a higher standard. And so when COVID hit, we realized we all had more time on our hands. There was also more time to make sure our products were something that we thought were a higher standard for each of the categories that we we're building into. So that process took probably a couple years. It was like a two-year process, honestly. A lot of yeah. it because like you look at suppliers, you try and get you try and get packaging from suppliers during COVID, like everything was delayed. And yeah. I don't know if you know, but like in Los Angeles, there's like plenty of news stories if you go back to like the COVID times of just ships it, like sitting oh out. Oh my God, I remember. Like, they were stuck in the same we're spot. Saying, we're stuck in LA and we're just like, our stuff is on one of those ships for sure. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, but it's somewhere over there. We know that. We just don't know which one or else we'd paddle out and get it ourselves. Yeah. So a lot of the process was patience at the beginning mm -hmm. because we felt ready to launch. And then once we finally had the formulas ready, we had then the packaging disaster of the, the COVID time period. So there was a lot of patience that we had to have during the process. Um, birthing it, Austin actually came up with the name. So maybe he was saying he's not good at branding, but I'm pretty sure that <laughs> him. The looks. Yeah. So uh, it was it was kind of a conglomerate of all of us and Adarsh, our other co-founder as well. Uh, he is actually, his whole family's from India. And so he was very passionate about the ingredients having Ayurvedic ties to them. So actually all of our products, like we said, are very clean and have natural roots. And we like to prioritize the, the ingredients that actually affect your skin being derived from nature. That's one of our brand pillars, but um, they have specific Ayurvedic roots, a lot of them. So we have turmeric, we have, um, a lot of different natural oils that we use in our products as well and yeah i think it's interesting like even some of the failures that we were talking about like the ships and everything we looked far and wide in pretty much every single what country for like packaging suppliers who could be like the lab for us things like that right and we ended up settling mostly because of covid thankfully because of covid in in like los angeles at the end of the day in the valley um that's where all of our formulas are made and it yeah. just kind of like again those things that you think might be like failures, right? Cause you just, just didn't come in time or something like that. It actually ended up leading to a much better story, right? We wouldn't even have stuff to talk about here um, if that didn't happen, right? So a lot of it, it is hard to focus on like what's going on at the time, especially when even miniature, we'll call them miniature failures happen, right? Like that, um, at the end of the day, people always tell you like, oh, enjoy it. It's really hard to enjoy it when it's going like that. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it is your story. It's your brain story. And you have to be able to work that into not only the marketing of things, but just like your own perseverance and, and how you get things done. What I've seen is just like the most successful entrepreneurs that I know, like they never quit, right? Like, and I think there's two forms of quitting. There's quitting just like giving up or there's just like trying to go through every single option. And then if that doesn't work, like, hey, move on to the next thing. I don't consider that quitting. I just consider that learning like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I think that's just pivoting. And there comes to a point where you're like, you try everything and you explore all the different options and you have to sit back and think, okay, what's gonna 
allow me to go into either the right path or the new path. Yep. One thing I wholeheartedly believe is that everything in life happens for you and not to you. It's really hard though, when someone is experiencing, you know, whether it's suffering or a business failure or ships that are stuck in the Pacific ocean to really believe in that mindset. And, you know, you mentioned perseverance I'm really curious, like during those moments where shit was really hitting the fan, what were you guys doing to make sure that your mindset was still up, like positive and you guys were uplifting one another? Because it's really hard to do that in the moment, yeah. but also the energy you put into your work does translate and, you know, how you think about what you believe and what you perceive really does affect what then manifests in the future. So I'm really curious, like how did you guys navigate that amongst the three of you? Yeah, I think the main thing is just finding other routes and finding other, like one of my main sayings, I use this all the time, almost every single day, one to myself, but also to like other people that I work with is like, don't come to anyone like that you work with, with like a problem and like zero form of solution, right? Mm -hmm. like, no one really wants to just hear problems all day. That's for sure that creates like a super negative mindset throughout your team and you never want to have that. You always want people to do their best work when they're positive, right? You want them to come in, whether that's online, right? On, on camera, we'll call it on Zoom or in person. Like I've really seen that take a toll on people. And like, as a leader, you have to understand that, right? And you can never come with a negative mindset on your own, or else it's just going to trickle down into every single person that you work with top and bottom. Um, so I think that's the key there. Um, but to be honest with you, like you have to find a solution, like, and you have to work together. You're way stronger together than you are like separate, especially within a company in any regard, even in like with everything going on in the world right now, right? You've got to be just understanding that you're stronger together than you are separate. That's how I got through it. I'm and tactics, I was going to say, my point was a little bit more tactical, where we figured out and we had to iterate on the process, uh, but our communication styles, I think. So we figured there was times where we were, I think we had daily touch bases at some times. We've mm -hmm. had weekly touch bases. We've had twice a week. There was, we had to figure out that process as well. And I think that helped us to keep our, keep us, keep everyone's positivity afloat and just focused on what needed to be uh, focused on and not focused on you know what we couldn't control. So I think, yeah, focusing on the communication styles that work for everyone and getting on the same page and yeah, figuring out that process was really helpful for us too. There's a huge balance there too, because like you look at how a business gets better, right? And you look at all the bad things first, you tend to, right? <laughs> and you say, how do I make this business better? What's well, bad, right? And how do we turn that into good? that's the hardest part of it, right? Because you're looking at negative things, looking at how to turn them positive, And a lot of times that's the hardest part, right? Um, but I think that's a huge concept that's very misunderstood. It's like, just because you look at like, how do better a business and you tend to look at the negative things to make them positive, doesn't mean you have to have a super negative mindset overall, right? No, I think that's looking at the business of what are we, I don't want to say ignoring, but what are things that we haven't, paid full attention to that actually can make a massive impact in the long run. And Hannah, you just mentioned communication, which is so critical with any team that you're working with. I think in life, even communication is one of the most important things to solve problems. Yeah. And so you guys looking at different ways to understand what's the cadence that makes the most sense at this current stage in our business founding part probably made such a lasting impact and now you guys know how to work together and what the right cadence is and then pivot anytime you have a launch coming up or there's another mishap that happens and you're like okay let's go back to the daily statuses which is really really important mm -hmm. um when it comes to building a brand and and from your experience both with standard but also with the different startups that you guys have both worked on mm -hmm. what do you think is actually necessary to build a business from the startup? And what do you think is external noise that people should probably dismiss or place less value on when they're first starting out? Um, can I answer the second one first? Yeah, go for it. Uh, the fact that you need to have a lot of money to start a business is not true. Um, 
I've started. Oh my God, let's debunk this. I love oh, this. I'm super stoked <laughs> on this one, to be honest with you. Everything. So I have an agency on the side, right? And what you really just have to understand is like product businesses, product-based businesses versus service-based businesses require a lot like different amounts of capital. Honestly, you can start a service-based business tomorrow. I did that honestly one time I just quit my job and started the next day and that was the best decision I've ever made. It was super risky. Honestly, from the outside, my parents were freaking out. Everyone was kind of freaking out. And I was just like, I got this. Didn't have it. Don't lie. It turned out <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It turned out great, right? Like better than I could have ever imagined. It's still up today. It's still running today. And I actually use that service-based business to fund more of like a product-based business and will continue to do that, right? Um, that doesn't relate to standards, but just totally off topic. Product-based businesses, you have to sink money into the product. You have to have something mm -hmm. to sell, right? Whereas service-based, you're selling more of a mentality and your knowledge. Um, that's where I would draw the line there. Um, that still doesn't mean you have to have a ton of money to start a product-based businesses. Start small too. The more money you have, the more money you have to lose, right? Like even if it's not your money, if it's like an investor's money, anything like that, you still are banking on a scale that you don't even might not you might not even know it works right what if you create a product one day and just can't sell because it's just a bad idea you know which plenty of people have done that right um but the cool thing about a service-based business to start is that like you don't really have to have bad ideas you just have to find someone that needs what you need or may not even know what you need, right or sorry what they need um that's the key if you have the knowledge so mine just pertains to just general e-commerce and digital marketing a lot of the people that we look at, they just have no experience in it, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe older and just have never had experience with Shopify or things like that. We will help them from the ground up, start their business and teach them. Like if you can teach them in a service-based industry, they will never honestly like disown you as a client, to be honest. Like that's the main Because it's built on trust, especially if you're the expert in it and you yeah. are helping them in a certain way and it's working. Exactly. then why ever dismiss that relationship that's been working? Yeah, there's exponential return on um, like knowledge investment, right? That's what I call it. No one can really teach you. And the coolest part is it's out there. A lot of people just don't take the steps or may not have the time to take the steps to go out and find it themselves. Like we talked mm -hmm. about education. That's why I'm so stoked that they even had like an e-commerce educational <laughs> A degree like that didn't exist when I was there. Like I learned all mine through like YouTube and all this good stuff. And you have to also just be like peace of mind enough to disseminate some of the bad stuff that people are talking about on social media and things like that. There's good people out there though that do help you learn a lot. Um, Shopify, this is why all these like bigger applications and, and integrations and all this have extensive knowledge bases, right? You look at AVO as an email and SMS provider, they have extensive knowledge base. You can't not find something. All you have to do is Google the question plus Clavio and you'll find it, right? Like that's the best part of living in today's world. I wish I did what Hannah did. Uh, just on my third or fourth year. So I think some of my parents probably would have killed me if I did that. Um, but honestly, I, I think about that all the time that I wish I just would have taken that year or two to learn because I'd probably be like three or four steps ahead of where I am now. When it comes to, you were saying how you don't need a lot of money to fund a product-based business. Mm -hmm. When it comes to like finding, creating test, you know, products or finding the different manufacturers or the suppliers or doing all these different packaging runs, I, th I feel like a lot of people... I would be honestly, if I'm like creating an actual product, I would be like, it needs to be perfect. I need to write the, like find the right supplier and you start to dish out all this money and then it might not go anywhere or it's not how it doesn't come out the way you imagine. And then it feels like you just wasted your money. Yep. How has that process been with, for you guys? Oh, we can speak super directly on that for standard. Like we wanted everything perfect. Like we spent probably six to six to what, eight months, just on the color of the tops of our products. Cause we wow. knew that like two different types of plastics is really hard to get the same color on, right? We spent money on like how many, however many sample runs that we did from however many suppliers that we did. I'd actually consider that and file that under something that we probably could have done better. Um, mm -hmm. There's many of people that will tell you the opposite of that. Um, but if you don't have that much money, launch with a product that's an MVP model. 
right? Your, your minimum viable product, the one that if the product works and functions properly in their home, which you actually see a lot in skincare, that's why you see like a lot of the packaging be the same on specifically like natural products and things like that. It's just your average kind of bottle. Mm -hmm. It's actually a really good way to start just to see if people want to buy your product, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be fully thought out, fully done. Um, I would say on the flip side of that, that's why Hannah is great at what she does. She nails the branding first time and then we can move on, right? Whereas I don't, I don't know if a lot of people have every type of experience with branding to where they can just see it, know it's good, know it's going mm -hmm. well, et cetera. I also think that today there's just so much access, like Austin was talking about earlier with learning things online. There's also just so much access to everything online. There's Etsy where you can get pretty decent packaging. I mean, one of my best friends and I also started a vintage company a few years ago and we would get all of our package from Etsy and we'd hand stamp things and then we'd stamp it with actual um, like ink stamps and presses stamped into it and we did it all by hand but mm -hmm. it was amazing people thought that we had a full operation going on um, we were just doing it at home so I think that there's things like that that you can get really creative about if you're starting it on your own and just have like Austin said minimal viable product that you're uh, can test out, see if that there's a demand for it. Also now online, you can find out what people are searching for the most. You yeah. can actually know what the demand is before you create something. So I think that it's like using up everything that you can access right now with the internet and with with social media even. You can tell what people are wanting yeah. before you even start working on a product. You can actually totally. see the trend of this too, which is the craziest part. Like even huge businesses now, like my day job, I work for a startup. Like, it, it is amazing, right? We have a guy, shout out Connor, who literally, this is his whole job. His whole job is to start from pretty much nothing. I give him so much credit because he's formed every single, we call him the R&D guy, right? Um, <laughs> he starts with nothing and he always ends up like in the perfect place. If you can find someone that can do that, it's like, it's legendary for your business because really what they're doing is taking like the minimum viable product and they keep adding on things that are better, whether that's like service in your service-based business, whether that's a new product in your product-based business, it's honestly like that is the heart and soul to a thriving business. That is your innovator. And that's also something that Hannah is very good at is like seeing trends online, seeing trends everywhere within the space, researching those trends, seeing what's selling right now. That's how we're going to form the next part and the next products of standard self-care. Totally. I also think kind of, you kind of touched on this throughout the us talking where like for you guys branding is really important the ingredients is crucial and so you guys it seems like you guys were picking and choosing like what part of the business had to be perfect to, to in order to launch i feel like a lot of people are like the branding and the packaging has to be ideal the website has to be fully functioning and have all the different features and the Instagram has to have a cool aesthetic and the ingredients has to be great and the customers are, and the da, 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 da. Yeah. and it's like just launch it yep. see what takes off and then it's it's also I'm curious to know for you guys like the community you build is so important to the success of a brand sure. I mean look at skims like the reason why skims is what it is is because of the community aspect and the inclusivity and the way they engage with non-model creators and all of that and that's why it's become that's part of the reason why it's become so successful in addition to it being you know great products mm -hmm. is that something that you guys are also being very mindful of when it comes to standard and, and listening to your consumers and hearing what your you know the people who buy your products are looking for to help then help guide what the future looks like for you guys yeah I'll say one sentence here and then I'll pass it to Anna because she's adamant about this as well. Um, but if you're building a business for yourself, it's actually not a business at all. Um, mm. That like, yeah, you can have certain things that are great and certain, you know, other people that like, even your friends can influence like the businesses that, or the business decisions that you make. And that's actually one thing that I've had to like train myself over years not to think like, because like we all think we know, right? At the yeah. end of the day. But the only people that know are your consumers. Like you have to listen to them to build a true business or else you just build the business for yourself. I want to put probe on that before I pass it over <laughs> to you, Hannah. Yeah. I've actually never thought about that before. But do you, do you feel yeah. like, is do you think there's like a fine line between listening to what your consumers are asking for, but then also staying really true with the mission that you both were set out to create? For sure. Yeah. 
I think those can happen in harmony, right? I think that data is the key there. Um, mm. If you have like one person saying, oh, this product is terrible, like I would never use this. Cool, that's out of a thousand people. If you have mm -hmm. like 500 of those thousand people saying, I'm never gonna use this product again, you should probably listen to them, right? So it's all <laughs> in the data. I'm a big data guy myself. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think we have our guardrails that we that are important to us and they are the foundation of our brand. But then at the end of the day, the next products that we develop are going to are very consumer driven and they're what people are looking for and what they're missing or what's actually need that they have. We have all of our own individual needs for sure. But you know, like we talked about earlier, I'm probably like a very extreme user and I have all these guardrails for myself, they're not the general public. So if our goal is really to be a company that can be accessible to a lot of people and a range, they're not gonna have exact same guardrails as me. But if we get the ones that are the most important, we can put it out at a price point that people can have access to and people can actually have change in their body and their skin from a product that we create, that's important to us. I love that. I want to switch gears a little bit. When it comes to skincare, I'm sure you both know there's so many brands out there. And I feel like every day, like a new skincare brand, whether it's celebrity backed, like the Haley Bieber's of the world, or people like you guys who had your own need and had this vision and brought it to life. I want to talk all things cosmeceuticals. <laughs> you guys both know more than I do. I would love for you to share with our audience what that means and how you guys are approaching a different perspective to skincare yeah so our products are cosmeceuticals so for anyone who doesn't know what that means it means that when used topically it can have a clinical effect so when like we talked about earlier we have a really high standard for the ingredients and for our formulas we want them to be clean we want them to protect our hormones uh, which a lot of people don't realize are connected the products that we put on topically can actually affect our hormones and our overall body so that was important to us but we also knew kind of this is the foundation of how we created the brand but there's a lot of clean products in the world there's not just a lot of skincare products there's a lot of clean beauty we're not unaware of that but we knew that there's also you know there's all these brands that are so clean they're organic they're two ingredients you can read them it's it's so easy to read but then if they don't work, then you go back to your tried and true products. So that's true for deodorant, that's true for toothpaste. You know, everyone has those products. That they One of them. Yep. <laughs> those products that you try that you want to be clean and you're, you're so passionate about it. Then you try it and you're like, oh, if it doesn't work, I'm going back to, I'm not going to be stinky. I'm going to use my normal. Yeah. You know, so we, when we were working on these products, we wanted them to be clean. We wanted you to feel really confident about the ingredients, but we also wanted them to work and have visible results from them. So our products are cosmeceutical. They are science-backed and will give you the results that you want when it comes to anti-aging, ultra-hydrating, and giving your skin that like drink of water that you really want. But like I said, they're ingredients that you can feel really good about too. And so we have tried to go the extra mile with our transparency on our ingredient labels, breaking it down and offering as much resources as we can through our social media, through our website. Um, we also publish, which is very hard to find for most brands, but we publish our test results for um, mercury, all heavy metals, molds, carcinogens, and all of our products are compliant with um, Prop 65 for California. And so they do not have any cancer causing ingredients in them. And all of that testing is very hard to find with most brands. Some brands don't even do that testing. So that's just something that we wanted to kind of go over and above on. And we have it live on our site. So anyone can do it. That's amazing. I mean, I know I've seen that with some coffee brands like mold free yeah. tested for this, that. I haven't seen it in skincare. What was that process of even like finding the people to, to help you with that or I I don't know anything about that world, so I would love to know more. Yeah, we have well, one. We have a really amazing lab partner, yeah. so they're really great. I had the inspiration to dig deeper into that because, like I said, a lot of my family is very into health and wellness. And my one of my uncles, he actually has an amazing wellness clinic in San Diego that treats everything from cancer to autoimmune conditions and oh. 
they're really incredible, but he has a product line and they were doing heavy metals and molds testing. And when I was working on standard, he was telling me about how important it is and that just with your um, supplements alone, he was very on top of me about making sure any product I used or put it on top on my skin or consumed that I knew if they were tested for all those things haven't been able to determine that for every product I use but I was like okay if we're working on standard I should probably um, make this something that is prioritized because it is really important and you wanted to have that higher standard I love that too because all the ingredients like 90% of them can be like very healthy and then you'll spot like one or two boom seed oil that's that's her yeah <laughs> no but we're I also, we like, like like gluten what is it gluten free oh, triscuits yeah. last night so i'm so sitting cool. there i'm like wait a second we're missing something here <laughs> and i've never done that honestly like she's she's more the purveyor of that um we love all those brands but it's just always funny because i think one of the things that we set out to do with standard is like kind of end that whole five to ten percent not good and ninety percent mm-hmm. good that's why we have our like list of no's, right? If you look on our website, you'll see that very predominantly on every product page everywhere. Um, we just wanted an easy, transparent black or white to say, hey, this has nothing bad for you. I love that because like, th- this is just like a personal experience I had with the brand, the laundress, which it was, I don't even know if it's around anymore, but it's like a clean laundry detergent brand and it's pretty expensive. And I used it three times and I ended up getting this horrible rash from it. I didn't know it was from that until like five months later. I went to like, it was a journey. I thought it was like gut related and went to infectious disease experts, like spent so much money trying to figure out what the root cause was, ended up having to go on steroids. Like it was just a whole thing. And then Five months later, I found out, oh, they had a bacteria in one of their labs that went through all of their products. So then they recalled it and it was a nightmare. Um, and I personally, I still feel this way or I experienced this where it's like, how much of wellness am I willing to compromise for and, and how far am I going that is manageable? It's I feel like a lot of people struggle with this where they're like, I got to be clean in the the household products, the the laundry, the skincare, the hair care, the everything. And it becomes so overwhelming. And I honestly don't think a lot of brands have the supplements, like you mentioned, have that level of transparency. So by you guys going that extra mile to be like, we're testing for all these things. These are the no's that we have on our list is so helpful, even just for me, because I... It, it kind of like helps me do one less thing, which is research, which I don't really want to do. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's the point. And that's actually like one of the biggest, like when we came back and you're like, how did you choose Hannah? I always used to make fun of Hannah for reading every label before she bought everything, right? Like even when we were at a store getting a smoothie, when we were at Erewhon, whatever that is, I was like, what is she doing? Like, I don't do that. Like, I just kind of like, oh, that looks good. Dude, it, now I'm a lot more conscious of that. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It, it just wasn't in my like, I guess, natural realm to go out and research every little thing now i'm a lot more conscious of it still working on that i would say but i think everyone can always do better um so yeah it's just funny how it kind of changes you when you see it from the marketing perspective um that's exactly what we're looking to change make it easy thing though so a lot of it i feel like and i work in advertising so i see this all the time where a lot of it is greenwashing or just labels that when you actually look into it, doesn't really mean much. Like even like the USDA organic, when you like watch all the documentaries about mm-hmm. the FDA and the industry and what's, you know, approved, it's like we still have tricks cereal on our aisles. So clearly there's not much regulation yep. or it's false advertising, really. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. We both worked in the food industry for a lot of years, especially a lot of the wellness companies that work on or in food. And I also saw that, you know, product can hit the shelf for a very long time with false packaging and nothing happens yeah, unless, you're, unless you're sued. So I think that's also, <laughs> we tried to be as transparent as possible, things like publishing our test results. So it's like, you know, don't just trust us. You can look and see for yourself and, you know, try to be educate, be educated and help our customers feel educated themselves. But 
you at the end of the day you have to also protect your mental health when it comes to all the wellness things I always try to think of my grandparents they are very healthy and they make 95% of their meals at home all throughout the week but at the end of the day they eat everything they have nothing mm -hmm. no list they are yeah to this day some of the healthiest people I know and you know they're closer to their 80s once they actual dates but they're in that range and they don't stress about ingredients they don't yeah. stress about the products that they use and I do think that your mindset has a big play in that too so oh, I'm so happy you're going here yeah they're so stressed about things I think that that's actually yeah. worse than just having the seed oil even though I hate that so much but also like levels to it too like you look at I'm just going to use an example. You use the perfect example. I bring that up all the time. Like it's only really 95% organic if it has that label, right? That's not to say that's, that it's bad for you, right? Yeah. It's definitely better than probably 95% yeah. of the things on the shelf, right? Um, but it's not 100%. That was like my main thing of even like listing this as like a self-care item versus just a health product is like, you want it to be easy on you. You don't want to have to read through 20 ingredients that you don't understand and Google every single one of them, right? But you do want to know that it's at least what it says it is, which mm -hmm. That case to me, I'm I'm more of a hundred percent or zero percent kind of guy, and that just didn't make sense to me at the end of the day. Um, that's not to say those products are bad. Um, I think we all consume those on a daily basis. Anything we actually support a lot of those brands just by like helping them out. They help us all that good stuff. Um, but that just that's why we're labeled as a higher standard. We want to be the hundred percent, right? Um, so. Yeah. Did you guys watch the documentary on Netflix that came out, I think maybe like a month or two ago, The Blue Zones, about like the different um, countries in the I'm world? I watched that tonight. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I, I think you both are going to geek out on it. It's basically, right. I've honestly, I've only seen the first two episodes, but basically this guy goes to all the different blue zones in the world or the main ones where people have the longest longevity Mm -hmm. and are like the healthiest people yeah. and he went to italy he went to uh i think it might have been greece i don't yeah. remember which is kind of bad how i don't remember zone. yeah the mediterranean and you know when you go to italy you eat the gluten and you're fine you eat the dairy you eat the cheese but these people are living in this you know small village that's on a cliff or like in the mountains so they're walking everywhere and they're within their community and they're getting sunshine and they're active and they're eating fresh foods from the ground and it's like it's the mindset it's the lifestyle it's not just the products you know and going back to what i was saying before of like you gotta kind of have to like pick and choose like what's the level of wellness i'm able to handle for me i tried all the different clean deodorants and i'm still back to my dove because it works well for me like i accepted like that's the one where i'm like i'm not gonna unless i find the holy grail product which i haven't yet well, like that's what i'm not gonna stress about it what did you have to do with that i'll put it that way tell me salt and stones yeah I actually haven't tried that one. <laughs> Not paid by them, but I think that that's one of the best. But I do think that the secret to natural deodorants is cycling them. You yeah. have to use different ones, but yeah. it is tough. I have to say that's like a very tough one. Um, I'll add that one to my list for you because I definitely think even some of the natural ones can irritate your skin more yeah. than the unnatural. That's what I experienced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think to your point as well about trying to control different aspects of it or not. We have an amazing TikTok community and we have so many people that have questions all the time about skincare products or why is this thing flaring? Why is that thing flaring? And we actually sometimes even suggest that people don't use any products at all. And we always try to, you know, make sure that we're not just hard selling our products and really helping people where they're at because when you're going through flares, sometimes it's not even product related it's it's something internal that's happening and it's just coming out through your skin and that's that's what yeah where it's happening but. i think a lot of our tiktok posts are like purely educational and have nothing to do with our products and just general that's so great though i love that it's because not, it has nothing to do with like hey we're out here trying to sell you on something it has everything to do with the only thing that we're trying to sell you on is to be healthier right and well you're selling them on your philosophy and your belief yeah. about standards and wellness really exactly Exactly. We prefer. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Simon. Oh my God, I'm blanking on his last. 
about yeah like the what how why like you're selling them on the why which is so important and then yeah so in order to build a business like you guys have and it seems like what I'm sensing from both of you is like this really calm grounded energy where you are you know on this trajectory towards success and you're being very mindful in the way you approach your business and the people you bring into the business what are some mindful habits or daily practices that you both like truly create space for that allow you to both show up in a way that is strong, empowered, clear-minded to then lead and run a successful business? Let me go first. I'll go first. Yeah. My first one is just working out, honestly. If you, in my mind, like a lot of habits, right? I think everybody has bits in general, whether they're good or they're bad. One thing that keeps me the most grounded is just working. I think it's the it's the only time that I also don't think about work. Right? Mm-hmm. I have to work constantly day in, day out. Whether it's, if it's at the day job or the or the side business and your side hustle that you're working on at the time, like I have to make it to the gym at least like four to five times a week at minimum. Or I'm just simply just like too ingrained in my own brain. It's my one mm-hmm. like stress relief that really helps me out, which is exactly what we've also done at the standard. Like we want this to be more of a habit and a a routine than anything else right like that's why it's always all of our directions are am and pm routines are massively important for your self-care the day that you skip could be like the last day that you do it because maybe you just forgot right um but i think working out for me is by far number one the thing i have to do to just keep me grounded at all times it's the biggest stress reliever um it's the biggest medicine to my mind that i could ever have so i agree I would say working out as well. It's important to both of us for sure. Um, I'm a big runner and I have been for a long time. I think that's what one way that I feel like I get my mental um, clarity from running or from working out you know, through different phases of what workout routine I'm into. Um, but also reading, I'm a big reader, kind of been out of out of my routine of reading recently, but reading also something that I love doing and journaling. It's amazing because the different activities that you or practices you guys mentioned are all offline activities where it's like you're off your phone, you're not thinking about work, you're getting into your body, you're getting into the state of serenity, which I think is so important. And I'm so adamant of creating space for those types of things that just get you out of the collective energy and like back to yourself which is so important for yeah. sure there's a lot of noise today yeah yeah so what's in like a city and around people is super like people don't understand like how much stress other people put on you even if you like think you can get away from it things like that yeah. you have to have that time just to like get away from everybody even if it's like someone that you love right like it it all depends on Hey, in these two, one to two hours, can I just be myself, be relaxed and get any frustrations I have of the day and then kind of re-kickstart your day, right? Like, yeah, I work out like right at like three or four, or right when I get off like the day job, right? Because it's just like, if you jump it straight into other work, you're never, you're going to burn out. Like, I know there's a lot of people and gurus that will tell you like, burnout is just the mentality. Yeah, it is. But uh, also those it people happens. I know that are like very successful and also say that also work out for two hours a day. So yeah. like, it's not the same kind of burnout. Like you're burning out your body to help your mind. That's why I look at it. Yeah. I also think like for me, my morning routine is my favorite part of the day. And I do it obviously for myself where like I meditate, I journal, I pray, I work out, I do all the things and I wake up earlier so that I have the time to do yeah like a good hour or two to do all these things because what I found is that once I start working it comes to the point where like even if shit hits the fan or I get an email from a client that I wasn't mentally prepared for or plans change or we have a fire drill or whatever it is I'm coming with very calm collected energy which then allows me to protect my peace and not let the little things upset me. And there have been days where like I overslept, which my body needed. So no shame on that, but I didn't have time to do my whole morning routine. And then something would happen and I'm like, Tim, and I'm like frustrated. And if I meditated, I would have been calmer today. So it's really just finding those things that 
make you feel really grounded and it doesn't have to be a two-hour routine for both of you it seems like working out is like that non-negotiable which is amazing um but i do think it's so important to protect your peace protect your energy and like always do something that benefits your body your mind your mental health all of it so what's next for standard i know you guys mentioned you're working on the next round of products any sneak peeks or what are you guys working on? Getting into body care and some more products as well. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Hopefully there's deodorant in that mix. <laughs> that's good. That's moving up our list slowly. Every conversation yeah. we have, I'm pretty sure this is the one that we need to prioritize. <laughs> Isn't the funnest way, like, people always say, like, try and find the problem to create the solution for your, like, business, right? We always look at, like, we always look at, like, other people's negative reviews and say, like, what did they do wrong and what can we do better over here, right? Like, if there's a single, like, lip balm or if there's a single body, like, deodorant, like, you're saying, even if it's natural, even if it's great, like, why, what was the root cause of that issue, right? Was it mm -hmm. for that single person or is this like something that we find 20 bad reviews on Google when we search it? And what do those bad reviews say? It's a great place to start for any entrepreneur. Well, it kind of reminds me of um, your friend Connor, I think his name was, yeah, the yeah. research and developing guy where he like would level up, he would kind of use the foundation, the standard, and then he would level up and be innovative and then find the better solution, which is, <laughs> I think, always, a great way. Yeah, we always joke, we're like, he gets like the shittiest direction and always comes out with gold. The best know, solution. Like, yeah. like, Dude, I don't know how he it's like, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Where can everyone find you guys? Give a little shameless plug on the brand, on both of yourselves. Yeah. yeah. All of our standard handles are at standard self-care. So mostly you can find us on Instagram, on TikTok, but we're on pretty much every platform at this point. Um, my handle is my name. So it's just at Hannah Minority. And Austin's is a little bit more mysterious, but his is at the goat of the gram. Yes. Okay. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Hannah and Austin. This was so such a great conversation. I feel like I learned so much about the whole world of skincare and entrepreneurship. So, so grateful to have you both on. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Follow me along on social media at ECNU and order my book, Beauty in the Stillness, which is available internationally in both digital and print. Everything is linked in the show notes below, and I can't wait to see you all in the next episode.